There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today we've got an awesome story of revenge where someone's dad ruins a person's Porsche. But first, a story from Eva Breakfast. Be a POS all of your life? Have fun getting stranded in a drug cartel city? This revenge was performed by my mom and her epic mind. It all started when I was born. Life was happy, good and easy. My brother was a good and working person, college dropout, but always very smart. Or that's what we thought. My brother went out every night with his friends. Nothing alarming, but very weird. Time passed and I turned 10 years old. At this point, my brother had a girlfriend, a son, and had already moved out. It was fun until my brother moved back with me and my parents. Crap truly hit the fan there. The first day, we noticed an instant change in both his personality and appearance. You see, he didn't move back in alone. He came with his son and girlfriend. We asked why he came back, and he simply said they had a problem and that this was temporary. For his girlfriend, to which I will refer to her as D, and son, this was true. But he stayed for the rest of the story in our house. When Dee and her son left, she cut contacts with both our family and my brother, but occasionally asked for money. Don't judge her as bad just yet because she had a very good motive. My brother after this became a good-for-nothing piece of crap with everybody in the house. Turns out his friends were actually his dealers, you know, for weed and that stuff. Later, we asked why they truly left the other house, and he just said, I had a fight with her brother and dad. It was vague, but it was true. Sometime around 2018, when I turned 11, we occasionally went to visit Dee and her son. One of those times, my mom asked why she cut contact. The truth was that my brother was emotionally, physically, verbally, and sexually abusing her. She didn't press charges and still refuses to do so because of fear. My mom became enraged at him, but didn't do anything just yet. Years passed, my brother stayed in our house, fights between my brother and everybody here became more and more common... My brother smoked pot 24-7 with two kids in the freaking house. I started showing signs of depression around those times. I was 11 years old. Imagine how crappy this was for me to consider ending things at that age. More time passed. It's now 2020 and his first fight with my dad, his stepdad, just happened. My mom was leaving to go to Kuliakon and right after the fight, my brother asked if he can go. My sister, which was not relevant to this story, offered to buy him a plane ticket. This is where the revenge starts. You see, my sister bought a ticket to go, but not to come back. Mom was the one to come up with this plan. My brother didn't know this at the time. Culiacan is a city known for being home to various drug cartels. Sinaloa, the state where Culiacan is, is pretty much horrible, more if you're like my brother. The day my mom returned is when I was notified about all of this. I was expecting my mom to come back with my brother, but she came home alone. My brother was left alone in a hotel with no money, no family, nothing. He tried calling us multiple times through public phones, but wasn't successful at all. Unless he gets a job and a house, he's either going to die of starvation or get killed by a drug cartel. It's the first time in years I've truly felt happy. 
I would certainly classify that as nuclear revenge. Do you guys think that this level of revenge is super overboard for what they did? Or do you think that, honestly, they deserved it? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is from Horatius Kokels. I got fired and went after the boss's money, his hotel, and his marriage. Back when I was still in university, I used to work for a hotel to make ends meet. When I started, the hotel very urgently needed new personnel. So I cut a deal with the old owner about getting to choose and pick shifts so I could visit my courses and exams. Speaking some extra foreign languages, I also got a little bonus on each month on top. The old owner was a great guy. He owned multiple hotels so I rarely saw him. But when he was in the house, he always made a point to have drinks with the staff, chat with us, and if we were free, he even invited those on the front desk to fancy restaurants who weren't on shift. Fast forward, I'd worked in the hotel for a few years now and was nearing the completion of my studies, so it wouldn't have been an eternity until I had to quit anyway, as I was of course more interested to work in my field of study. As part of my deal with the old owner, I mostly chose to work night shifts, allowing me to visit my courses at university during the day. To make up for my privileges, I had picked up the habit of doing some extra work in the dead of night other shifts would normally have to do when I, on contrast, could have sat around and stared at the walls. People were grateful for the help in the beginning, and we became a rather tight-knit group. But over time, people rotated in and out. When the old owner retired and his jerk of a son took over the business as the new owner, I already feared the worst. The new owner didn't like me very much. I never found out the exact reason for that one. I was at that point nearly the sole veteran left from when I started. Among the tasks I'd taken on was doing light clerical tasks to ease the manager's job in the morning. For that, I generally had to use the manager's network account. One night while doing my lists, I logged into the manager's account and emailed to do my job. Then I saw an email with my name in the subject line. I know it's not nice to snoop, but of course, I read it. Turns out the new owner wanted to get rid of me. I still had my old employee contract with the business for foreign language abilities and was allowed by my contract to pick and choose shifts. I can only assume that these privileges are what made the new owner hate me. No idea if he had other reasons, because to be honest, these seem very weak to me. But he couldn't fire me without cause. On top of that, I would be owed severance if fired. And generally, there weren't enough bodies in the shift rotation without me. Though the new owner didn't seem to understand that point as the emails told me, I looked for more emails concerning me and found them. There was an email chain between some of the employees, the manager, and the new owner. I was of course not CC'd as I was the hated topic. The employees didn't like me hogging the night shifts because those paid better and for every night you worked you got paid the night bonus. The manager was the only one rather neutral on the matter and just curbed their enthusiasm to get rid of me as they needed me to be fully staffed. The new owner and my colleagues actively conspired to make a hostile work environment so I would quit of my own volition. I was furious. I thought about a variety of reactions, from egging their cars to burning down the hotel, but I settled on a less crazy method of revenge. I called my uncle at 2am asking for advice. My uncle's a lawyer, so for sake of proof, I forwarded myself all the emails. I made photos, printed them out, made copies, and filmed the whole deal just to be sure. My uncle told me to sit tight and see if things got worse, or if it was just a bluster. And so I gave it a few days, and things did take a turn. 
snide remarks about my looks, clothing, and so on were only the tip of the iceberg. Some of the colleagues were just as professional as before. The conspirators always left extra work for me or pawned off crap duties they normally had to do on me. I always kept a spare shirt and suit at work just to have a change, which suddenly disappeared. One guy even started to threaten me with violence, but I kept clenching my butt cheeks. I wouldn't give them the satisfaction of saving on the severance or giving in. I'm a big boy after all. I did, however, stop doing any extra work I was not obligated to do, which in the end was the reason they used to fire me. They still had to pay me severance. The next day, my uncle with bundled proof of the email and all documented harassment by my colleagues served the hotel my lawsuit. It started with wrongful termination and ended with harassment. Reportedly, the manager went white as a sheet when he realized where the emails must have come from. The new owner had been on vacation and had to cancel his expensive vacation in France to deal with this. Their counsel advised them to settle. So I accepted my severance and a hefty bonus on top. Enough money to last me until the end of university without work. But that wasn't all of my revenge. I'd gone after the new owner's money. But in the next step, I went after the hotel. I had used all the spare time during night shifts alone to document every last violation of city, county, district, state, and federal law I could find. That went from minor things like some harmless mold under the kitchen sink to substantial violations like modifications to the building. The building was under a limited form of historical protection by federal law, on the ground of being built and inhabited by somewhat important historical figures a few hundred years back. So every renovation or change in floor plan needs to be signed off on by a committee, which can take ages. There's also a grant paid to the new owner by the government for keeping the building intact as is. So with my uncle's help, I sent documentation of every violation I could find to the corresponding agency. In one month, everything from health, building code, fire safety, to the finance and work police crawled over the hotel. In the end, it was the building and fire inspectors that shut that place down. The new owner had done substantial renovations to the top floor luxury apartments, which he had used when he was in town. So the new owner had to pay back the grant, pay fines for unauthorized alterations to the building, endangering his guests because something wasn't built right according to fire code, and had to close down the shop until the building was fixed. I also tipped off a friend who had studied journalism and worked at a local paper. The paper ran an article on all the violations accumulated, which tanked the business once it had reopened, as the newspaper article had led to horrible reviews. In the end, to afford all the fines, repayments, and building costs, the new owner sold the hotel. As the cherry on top, all the jerks who had tried to harass me lost their job. Granted, the people who didn't do anything to me lost their jobs too, but didn't do anything to stand up for me or help me either, so I don't feel too much remorse. And the revenge cherry on top was that the new owner, whenever he was in town, used to bring home escorts, which in my country is not illegal, but he was married. It took some doing to get that information to the new owner's wife, but one of my former colleagues, who had quit before this had all happened, had her email so I let her know what the new owner was up to when he was out of town. I don't know exactly what happened, but they did divorce in the end. Make of that what you will. Honestly, this is a pretty impressive nuclear revenge. Like, you can tell OP did a lot of work, did a lot of research, but also had a little bit of luck too. Stumbling into all those incriminating emails. 
By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Every video has awesome stories, like our next story from an anonymous poster, an Australian pilot enacts revenge against the Germans in World War II. Clive Caldwell, Australian pilot, he wound up in a British RAF squadron flying a P-40 Tomahawk, one of the first units in the world to fly one. Clive had trouble mastering the skill of gunnery deflection. He developed a training technique known as shadow shooting. You shoot at the shadow of your own aircraft. This was later adopted by the Desert Air Force. Now on to the revenge. On July 4, 1941, Clive watched a German pilot kill his close friend, Donald Monroe, as he was parachuting to the ground. That harshens Clive's attitude, and he ended up shooting every parachuting enemy pilot he could. This earned him the nickname Clive Killer Caldwell. Clive shot down 28 and a half aircraft and had an ace in a day. He nearly killed one of Germany's most famous aces, Lieutenant Werner Schroer. Listen, all I know is, is if I'm out there on the actual battlefield flying my plane around, I see my friend parachuting to the ground, and that happens to my own friend, it would make me get very sour too. What Clive did wasn't really right, but it's hard to blame him. And our final story of the day is by Drumhead, entitled Ladies Porsche Loses Tires. Okay, so this story took place back when I was in Florida in the early 90s. It does involve an act of vandalism that's connected to revenge. Hopefully it won't be removed and hopefully it'll count as nuclear revenge. Anyway, South Florida was devastated by Hurricane Andrew. My dad, as part of a local charity, was set up day after day at a local market seeking donations from shoppers to give to food banks. You have to understand, this storm left many people homeless and without power, in some cases for 6 plus months, in Florida heat and humidity. My father was legally disabled from a serious car accident. He was hit by a drunk driver in the early 80s and suffered from relentless hip and back problems. It never killed his heart or kindness to others, hence the charity work. One day, he was about to pull into the disabled space at the local market to go buy a few items to donate to the hurricane charity. Right before he's about to pull in, this lady pulls into the space in the shiny red Porsche. My dad parks behind her and says, Excuse me, ma'am, I was about to pull in there, and also points to his disabled placard in the window. She says to him, You don't look disabled, and proceeds to walk into the store. For anyone who has a relative who uses a disabled space, you know the frustration of this situation and the anger one feels. My dad, seemingly unfazed, waits until she goes into the store and then gets out and snips the valve stems on all four tires, flattening but not destroying all of them. He then pulls into another space not far away and just waits. About 15 minutes later, the lady comes out and is shrieking about her car being vandalized. My dad's far enough away so she can't see him, but he can hear everything. She calls the police. Big mistake. She files a report for vandalism, and the police give her a ticket for being parked in the disabled space with no placard. About $250 at the time. The cops leave and she calls a tow truck. As the car's being loaded onto the truck, my dad pulls up and says to her, You don't look disabled, but your car sure is, and then drives off. My dad could be a nice guy, and a pure savage when he needed to be. Well, what OP's father did here was absolutely not right, but despite that, there's something about this story that you can't help leaving it without a smile on your face. 
But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.